What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Unfiltered Experience, where we bring you unfiltered conversations designed to move your life forward. I'm Christopher Roush. I'm your host. I am with my beautiful co-host, the beautiful, awesome Mr. Scott David Goyette. What's going on, brother? That's uh, that's what we do here on the show is we bring you guys conversations designed to move you guys forward. So please take notes and take action on the things that we're going to be talking about today. And uh, yeah, it's been amazing. It's been an amazing time. We just got wrapped up our first season yeah. of the new way we're doing the show and talking about I am statements and identity. And actually, I was just do just having a conversation with somebody before this. And I asked the question of I said, who are you? And, and, and then knowing that question was going to, I was going to dig deeper into that. And the person came back and said, well, I'm a father, I'm a grandfather, went into all these things. And I said, no, that's, that's what you do. I said, but who are you? And so through that conversation of what we just did with our last season, yeah. I was able to dig into this guy and he's like, wow. He goes, you really ask profound questions. I said, no, I was just trying to get to the core of who you are. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And, and you know, I think it's such a beautiful segue, what we did with those eight guests and they were, they were phenomenal. And if you guys have not seen that series of shows you need to because i can honestly say that the eight perspectives we got on that show will guarantee you'll get to know yourself better because something's going to light up from those those conversations they were phenomenal and i love the way we're bringing in this you know to season two when we're going to be talking about leadership because once you know who you are and you can actually get to the depth of it to your point what vehicles or what you know roles in my life how can I be a leader within those roles? And that's what we're going to be doing this season. And I'm I'm super excited for all our guests. Today's guests are going to be phenomenal. But every single one of our guests is going to be super special because we're going to have a new perspective on, wow, I didn't think of that as being a leader. A lot of times when we think of leadership, we're like my boss, you know, the person who runs this organization. But leaders are all around us 24-7 and they're leading by example. And I'm excited to tap into this group of leaders. Yes, yes, I'm excited as well. And I just want to note for everybody who's not watching us on the video cast, because we do the video cast as well as the podcast. If you want to go back and check out those uh, previous episodes on podcast, go to www.theunfilteredexperience.com. You can find them on Spotify, iTunes, take us with you. They're impactful conversations. Listen to the series as almost you were entering a course. And Scott, you're a college professor. And we talked about this. Go back and listen to those and find out who you are and then continue the journey with us here and talking about leadership and lead yourself into the life that you deserve and that you want, not the one that you think that you are supposed to live because we know that's one of the greatest regrets of life. So without any further ado, let's bring on our guest, Mr. Scott. Absolutely. So, you know, I've been blessed to meet some amazing people through travels and just through going around the world and just, you know, connecting with others. And I'm always bragging about the idea of find new perspective. And when I say bragging, I'm excited. I'm grateful. I'm, I'm, I love it. Like when you get to meet new people and see a new perspective, it just blows my mind. And when I met this gentleman, I instantly thought of the word leader because he told me a bit about his story. We connected right away. Same frequency, same vibe. But the beautiful thing about this person is he does not have to lead the way he leads. What you and I always talk about, Chris, he chooses to lead the way he leads. And one of the big things that he does is he is actually the founder and the, he runs an organization called MG Global Foundation. And he does some amazing things with this. And I'm going to let him tell you more about it. Here's my great friend, M.G. Guerra. M.G., welcome to the show, brother. appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me, and thank you for the very nice introduction. Uh, I really appreciate you guys inviting me to be part of your, uh, you know, of your program. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you spending the time with us because we know that the valuable information you're going to share is going to change people's lives. So we'll, well send you a bill for it later. Let, let, let's hope this message on Friday afternoon will get to people, right? Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. So let's ask the first question that we're asking every single one of our guests. 
what do you define as leadership and how are you a leader? Because, you know, we all have different definitions and we want to hear yours. Sure. Uh, first of all, to me, a leadership, everybody have, everyone have their own style as to how they want to lead. Sure. And, you know, obviously I have been in business since 1998 and I can speak on leadership on business as well as leadership in humanitarian efforts, which obviously you are well aware of what I have been doing with the Ukrainian effort. But to me, and, I, and I'm going to speak on my personal opinion of what leadership means to me is basically is to set the stage in, in a way where you set the stage for people to execute what is it the vision that you want to accomplish because i don't believe a leadership should be a micromanage yes there is nothing worse in life than to work for someone that who's going to be watching over your shoulder that's not a leader you know if you're going to be watching over people that way that's not the way that's not the way that i uh, i believe a leadership should should lead is is people i love it so you you briefly mentioned and i wanted you to dive into it too of course now we've got MG Global Foundation. Tell us, tell everybody a little bit about that and what you're doing there. And then let's back up too. I want to hear how you got to that because you've told me that story, but what are you doing with the foundation? And, and let's talk about why you're passionate about it and how do you do that as a leader? Sure. Well, you know, to the day after the war started, I quickly realized, well, let me go back to why. Yeah. Talk about what war too. So like, just to make sure that everybody's on board. So we're talking about Ukraine and Russia. Let's talk about a little bit about that. So they know. Sure. The, the day after the war started, I knew right away that there was going to be a lot of people in need to escape. And us being so far away, and I was like, how can we help these people? And that's when the idea came about to, what if I donate United Mouse or you know my airline mouse to fly people to safety? And I put the message out there. And within just a very short time, my messenger was blown up because there was a lot of people you know, reading the message and, and they were in desperate need for help. And that's how everything started, really. And, you know, fast forward to today, we are 63 million miles and almost 2000 Ukrainians that we have flown to safety. Unbelievable. Wow. It's unbelievable when people come together and they're passionate about it, supporting a cause. What? Yeah. And the, and, and the biggest support that I the biggest thing that I have been surprised about in everything we experience, you see the 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 shock and all of that moment, you get the initial support. That everybody wants to help. But then that support just goes away. In our case, the support continues to be with us. And, and that's what enables us to continue to help as many families that we're helping on a daily basis. Nice. That's awesome. And, and, and when I think about leadership and I think about what you're doing is you're creating a vision. You're creating a vision of what tomorrow is. Talk to us about how people can sit there and create a vision or a mission in their life. If they're sitting there watching this and they're, they're lacking leadership in their own life or they're seeing something out in the world that they want to make a difference in because there's so many different causes that are going on. Yes. What are some ways that people can have that vision and that that spark and that, ignition, that ignition to be able to take action? Because you took action. You saw yes. the, on the second day, listen, I'm going to go do something to make a difference in this. And so many of us say, oh, I want to go help things. What can we do to ignite that vision within other people to go take action? You know, I always tell people the biggest thing that you can do to get involved is always to put yourself in somebody else's shoes. And that quickly will bring you to like, oh, wow, what if that was my family? Yeah, How grateful would I be if somebody would be helping my family the way that, that, that he's helping these families? And that is the quickest way for you to get involved, to, in, to be involved with something of this, uh, this magnitude. Yeah. 
And so we've talked about something too. Um, I think it's very important, MG. And um, you know, Chris and I always talk about the hero's journey with Joseph Campbell. One of the big things we see there is people got to find what lights them up. And right. so I think a lot of people will kind of go homelessness. Um, uh, you know, young young parent who's single. You know, you find something, then something clicks and really hits, and you say, "I'm going to invest in this." Let's talk about what we need to do all of us whether it's helping ukraine whether it's helping homelessness whether it's helping you know single parents whatever the group is what do we need to do to start figuring out what lights us up so that we can take action because you told me your story of where you came from maybe we can right. start with sharing that because yeah. once you told me that story i instantly understood why you were helping the ukraine i sure. think people got to back up and find what really lights them up absolutely you know in my case i was 14 years old when I was back in El Salvador, and obviously at that time, the civil war was going on in El Salvador. So I will never say, you know, I'm same, I experienced the same situation as Ukraine because Ukraine has just been absolutely devastating. But, you know, the fact that I, I'm a refugee myself, I came here under the TPS program, and, and, and that's how I'm, I'm here today because, you know, they allow me the opportunity to come to this country. And when I came to this country, you know, I just didn't have the means to, I didn't have anything. I came here when I was 14 and a half. And when I got to North Carolina, I just did not have anything. And and it was a struggle at the beginning. Wow. I mean, so what, when you think about that struggle, what, what are some of the things that the nuances that got you through that day-to-day -day struggle to be able to become the man that you are today? So what are mm -hmm. some of those, those big lessons that, that you look back and you want to tell that 14 year old kid, like, listen, these are the, these are the biggest lessons you need to focus on in order to get through those tough challenging the, times. The number one thing that I, that gave me the, the strength to carry on was the fact that I knew that I have landed in the, in the only country that you have unlimited opportunities to reach whatever goals you have and you know when when you are in this country oftentimes you don't realize what the rest of the world is like but i knew once i made it to this country everything else would be okay because i knew that i would make it somehow or another so, so you had to believe yeah how do we how do we get back? so there's there's a couple words chris and i beat up all the time and we beat them up because i think they're super important we both do right how do we get back to that space as a country, as individuals, where we have a baseline of gratitude first and foremost, and then an understanding of the opportunity and the belief? Because opportunity, I think it's gratitude, understanding of opportunity, and then belief that I can do and be anything I want to be and do. And I've seen so many people lose that. And instead of looking inside to find the answers to grow, they look outside to say, they did it, they did it, they did it. That's why I can't succeed. And then we've got these people coming here who have the, you know, from the Ukraine who are going, just what you're saying, I know I'm going to be okay now. What are we doing? Because we've got two issues here. We've got everybody from Ukraine who's going to come here who knows they're going to make a better world. Right. And then we've got people who think everybody else is the problem. So you know, talk I, about I, that because you've seen I, both sides of this. I, I, I hate to say it. Sometimes we need to see what the other side looks like for us to Amen. have a sense of appreciation of what we yeah. have here. Amen. Because I can tell you. I go out of the country quite a quite a bit, and when I go to Mexico, or go back to El Salvador or Guatemala, you come to this country with a newfound respect. Like, I'm back, I'm back to where you know I'm back to the best country in the world, basically. And and that and and I wish it was a simple way to deliver that message to people. I but know it's just not an easy way for for you to convey that message that we are very blessed to be in this country. 
Yeah, we yeah. Chris and I, Chris and I try. Like we preach gratitude. We try to, you know, do it. And and one of the things that I'm always talking about, and I know you talk about too, is perspective. You know, I'm sitting in Guatemala, and you're in Guatemala City. You know, the protected zone where all the police will take care of you, and oh, you absolutely. feel like. But what do you do if you walk two neighborhoods over? Mm-hmm. You're not protected anymore. Like we know that game. Like you've walked down those streets. I've got one of my tattoos is from Guatemala, and um, somebody I started to leave, and he goes, "Oh no, 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 go left." I'm like, why? He goes, because you don't want to go right. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's it's really about um, being able to see beyond our immediate vicinity. And and when you see what other people, you know, I deal with a lot of, obviously, you know, I deal with a lot of difficult situations on a daily basis. And that also keeps me humble. It keeps me like, oh, wow, I can't believe that these families are going through, but at least we can help them. And, and it's, it's, it's hard sometimes to, to see so much human suffering. So when you're going through those difficult situations, what are, what are some of the key components that you focus on in order to be able to separate yourself from the emotion of feeling overwhelmed and feeling that uncertainty to knowing that you have a belief and you have a faith that somehow, some way we're going to work it out. We're going to figure out a solution. Talk to us Great about question. that process you're going through. Great question. At the very beginning, I had a, a, I had a very tragic situation in which one young lady that I had booked myself with my own mouth got killed. And I literally took that. It it was a very emotional moment for me. And then I had a choice to make. Do I just crumble and just collapse with emotions? Or do I just get up and keep pushing forward to prevent so many more from having the same situation that happened to this young lady? And, And that's what happened. Let me tell you, it has been a life-changing experience for me to be able to touch so many lives and and, and it's, it's just it's hard to put it into words and, and and when you talk about leaderships if you see my social media communication i always give credit to the people that really truly deserve the credit because i am not in any way the one who's making things happen are the 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 ones that deserve the credit are the people that really support in our efforts when you when you said that to me, because we had this conversation where, you know, you're like, well, Evan did it or you did it or you did it. And, and you know, the, the people that I admire and get excited to connect with the most are the people who are excited to find the brilliance in other people and point it out. Because, listen, I, we get it. Like when somebody says I did this and you're like, but you have a team of 200. It just <laughs> doesn't feel right. It's like, wait a second. But when somebody says I was blessed to lead an amazing group. And I'm sure I instilled some values in them to make it happen. But damn, this is a good group of people. Then I instantly get excited. Let's talk about that from a leadership perspective, because I think young leaders need to hear that. You know, uh, you know teaching- to, to me, to me, it's very simple, guys. You, you know, to me, it's very simple. It's, my role as a leader, in, whether it's business or humanitarian, I set the stage and then I bring the people in and then I give credit to the people who actually completed that mission. And, and, and let me tell you, and, and the one thing that people love is the direct impact. And Scott, you personally saw yourself how we have this set up as far as, you know, people having the direct connection with the families that we're helping. Because, you know, I can't take credit for what I'm doing because it's really, it's credit to the people that, that support me. And, and to everybody who's listening to, I mean, you know, MG knows this. I, I could care less if people know what I do behind the scenes or whatever, but I'll share one thing because it's pertinent to this, this conversation. So, you know, I didn't have a ton of miles because a lot of our miles are used when we take our retreats and whatever, but I was able to find enough miles to get one person back from the Ukraine in my daughter's account. 
And so what I realized was, wait, this is a great opportunity. So I let her be in charge of it and say, do you want to give these miles? And she knows, hey, I could go see my friends in Boston or I could do this. And I just left it up to her. She goes, yeah, I want to do that. So now we get to do that together as a family. She gets to start to see what it means to lead by example with something that's hers. And she gets to realize that she's saving a life of somebody who's going to come here to the U.S. to start a new life. And and then she'll talk to her friends about it, whatever. And so whoever's listening to this right now and you're thinking, OK, I want to know more about this foundation for small amounts of miles, because there's been a lot of miles on sale. And when I say small, I mean, I get it. It's still it's a, it's right. a large amount of miles, but sure. it's when you think that you're saving a life and bringing somebody here who could become the next M.G. Guerra. I think that's pretty damn exciting. And if that's something that you can do and lights you up, explore it. Because think of all the conversations she's going to have with her friends and whatnot. And all these people might start thinking, wow, I can change the world with one simple action, one small investment. And, and you and I know this, too. When you give those miles or you give your time or you throw a few dollars at something like this, the world, the universe, God, source, creator, energetically always reciprocates and something oh, beautiful is going to come back to you. So <clears throat> if you're selfish or selfless, or if that's one and the same, when you give, I mean, the laws of the universe are going to make sure that you get in return tenfold. And it's a beautiful process to be part of that energy exchange. And I encourage everybody to do it. I, you know, I feel that I, I'm the recipient of those many blessings oh, because, you know, the one thing that I have done is I don't use the, um, when you are, in a leadership position, you have a choice to make. You can be one of those leadership that who's going to be a complete jerk to people, sure. or you can go from the compassionate side and, and try right. to lead that way. And to me, it has been very effective to be leading from the compassionate side. And again, that's for business and the humanitarian effort, because you know nobody wants to work for someone who's difficult to work for. And, and, and you know, that has been very effective for me it, is, you know, I don't consider myself so much as a leader. I consider more myself as an influence. You know, I want to influence. I don't use my status on anything that I have to bully people, to make people feel less than what I am. In fact, I use that to leverage and how to I can help people. Yeah, to find that find that equality. And I think that's one of the things that people are seeing in the workplace today and then talking about leadership is the multi generations in the workplace today and thinking about like, I have to be this one leader for all these people. Talk to us about that, about being a flexible and an adaptable leader mm -hmm. and finding that vulnerability and that compassion to be real and raw and honest with people to, to gain that connection. Because I know I was in leadership for over 30 years and I know the more vulnerable and the, and the deeper the connections I made with the individuals, the more trust and respect and, and hard work that I got from that. What are some of the some of the things that our young leaders today can take from this conversation to be able to apply as they grow through the ranks and they lead themselves and they lead their families and they lead their organizations as well? What are some of those key components? Well, the one the one thing that I personally have always think myself is just because I'm in a position of power, I need to be able to understand that the people that work under me, they do have dreams. They do want to reach their potentials and, and, and I cannot prevent them from reaching those dreams and that's the approach that I take is like, you know, let's let's be mindful that these people have the same dreams that we have. And just because we got to where we are today, it doesn't mean that we're going to be looking at them different. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, things are things are things are changing. Another question I have for you before I, I'm going to interrupt, Scott. Like, who do you when you think about leaders? Who are some of the leaders in your life, whether they're famous or whether they're personal? What are some of those dynamics and those leaders that have really helped you become the leader that you are today? Whether it's great, great Lincoln question. or Eisenhower or your dad or your grandpa, yeah, yeah. who are some of those people in your life? You know, the, the one man that I ever since I came to the U.S., I wanted to follow his business model, and that is Mr. Fred Smith with FedEx. He had, this one, he had this wonderful idea that he wants to create this massive company by delivering packaging overnight. And, you know, he he went for it and he had a lot of struggles at the beginning. And, you know, at one point they had a test night in which they delivered like six packages, I think it was. And they say, hey, we got some good news for you and we got some bad news. And they say we delivered six packages, but the bad news is the five of those packages were our own packages. It was only one customer package. And then they say, and then he says, well, that means that we were able to effectively deliver one package. Now we just need to enhance the numbers. FedEx yeah. is doing pretty okay. That's a one step at a time story. I love that. That's great. Right? Yeah, yeah it, it really is. But you know, I I, I follow business people and, and I try to, to do some of the same business principles that they uh that they have. And like I said, you know, the one thing that I do enjoy is is be compassionate to the people that work for me because we can all be leaders, but at the end of the day, without the people doing the work, we are nothing. Oh amen. I mean, you know, we really not, we, I mean that's that's just a fact though. You know, you can so act like you are this big shot or whatever you want to be. At the end of the day, with other people out there right now driving the trucks or doing the work, we are absolutely nothing. And and oftentimes leaders leaders forget that. They go like, you know, we, oh, we need we need to do a live show with so so I've introduced them to Mitzi, but they've been, you know, m- missing each other, whatever. But um, so just so you know, so Mitzi Purdue, because I you know, I told them about Mitzi and right. everything. So oh, she's yeah. doing stuff in Ukraine as well. And I told you about she's, you know, in landmine school to remove landmines from playgrounds and all these uh, farms and areas in the Ukraine. Um, and she's also making sure the borders are protected. So when people are escaping, they're not being human trafficked. So you guys are both doing amazing stuff. But the reason I want to mention Mitzi here is the most amazing thing about her story is her dad in a time when hotels were failing left and right, took the Sheridan brand because her dad was, you know, Mr. Sheridan who ran the Sheridan hotels. Her dad's story when she tells it is the most beautiful story on the planet because she said she's like everything else was failing around him and he would go up to people and he would say, hey, I know you've got to go home to your family. Is there any way we can get this done real quick and we'll get you back there real quick? He's like, I want to make sure that you're there for your son's birthday because he just connected the people and everything was employee centric. And so when things got bad and like the company could have gone on a business, they wanted to work because they were part of the Sheridan family. And so just what you're saying, and he also knew the same thing that you said, hey, my vice president right now maybe wants to go start, you know, start their hotel. Hey, before you leave, can you make sure you train this person? I can't wait for you to be successful in your brand, too. Like they understood the flow of growth and all of that. And that's a rarity. And I'm hearing the same exact commentary from you. Well, you, you can't prevent people from pursuing their dreams. And you should be excited for it. You know, you, you, if you can help them anyway, why not? I mean, there's plenty for everybody. You know, I, I done that. I've been in business in, since 1998, but but let me back up a little bit. And you and I have talked about this. The person that I am today, it, it, everything that I do is connected to generosity. Mm-hmm. 
I, you know, during my beginnings, I was struggling. I was homeless and I just didn't have anything. And a gentleman came along and helped me when I was down. And, and, and that is the one thing that I always like to talk about leadership. It's not just about, Hey, I made it to the top. Now I can be a jerk. No leadership mm -hmm. is about how can I remember where I was and use some of those experiences to help other people like you know somebody helped me once and you know the one song that 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 i shared with you that i like is uh this uh, chain of love by clay walker because literally talks about my story you know that somebody helped and when he said basically how much i owe you it actually says how much do i owe you and it says you don't owe me anything i've been there too someone once helped me out the same way i'm helping you if you want to pay me back this is what you can do. Don't let the chain of love end with you. Mm. So I live by that song every day because we have all at some point had faced some difficult times. And, you know, why not be that light at the end of the tunnel for someone if you can? I use all of my resources. Right now I'm donating about 200,000 miles a month myself along with all of the donations that we get in to provide those people that bridge to safety. Wow. And then this is such a, such an inspiring conversation. When I think about what leaders are dealing with in today's world with all the chaos and everything about KPIs and political aspects and whatnot, the over overarching sense is overwhelm. Like people are dealing with overwhelm and in your situation as a leader in, in both your personal and your professional life, what are some key ingredients that we can help people discern and break down that overwhelm into what's most important for the mission at hand without overwhelming and stressing out their, their, the teams that they're leading? You, you know, number one, the one thing that I have also learned is um, we, when we are in a position of leadership, we are going to experience some very dark times. Yes. And the one thing that I have been able to do is you do not need to always go into a panic mode and just tell everybody how horrible things are, because that can just completely just scare everybody. And then the whole company or, you know, can go into a, a, a complete mess. So I always tell people, the, the three C's, cool, calm, and collect. There you go. You know, we are, we are in a position of leadership because we can remain cool, calm, and collect during difficult times because there will be difficult times. There is no question about it. How do we cope with the difficult times is, is, the, uh, is the question. And the other thing is don't make irrational decisions based on some bad news that you just got. And you're going to go fire a whole bunch of people go like, oh, my God, the world is coming to an end and let me adjust and let me do this. Um, I always like to take the time, analyze the news of the situation that I am facing and careful, carefully take actions once you have had the time to process the, the you know, the, the ups and downs. So what, what you just defined was when, you know, Chris and I always talk about, you know, different books, but um, Man's Search for Meaning and uh, Vic Victor Frankel. One of the things is the space between stimulus and response is yep. where you're really deciding, am I a successful person? Am I an amazing person? And you just explain that. Take a moment in that space to think, okay, we lost some money. This isn't going the way we wanted. We've got a bunch of employees. Things like this have happened before. Here's what I'm going to do versus react. We have an intelligent response. And that is oh, absolutely. And, and, and you know, but, but, the, but the other thing too, though, and I, you know, I've been, like I said, back in 2008, it was a tough time for in our industry. You know, when you take care of your people, people will understand 
if you at some point you have to make an adjustment and they will stick with you as yeah. long as you are very open communicate and yeah. just be upfront with them and say hey you know this is what we got going on we might have to adjust some things i hope this is okay with you guys and it, it works because they they want to stick with who is loyal to them yeah and honest like you just said a big thing too you know communication being honest listening um, you know, you're struggling too. you know, you're, you're not, you're not choosing to have 2000 and 2007 and eight happen to you either. You're not mm-hmm. happy. No. Nobody wants that. Not no. in the construction industry. For sure. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, you know, it, a lot of times it just comes down to a choice. What kind of legal do you want to be? You know, and, and I always say is don't use your status to harm people. Instead, use that to leverage and, and, and help people. Mm. And, and I do that in everything that I do. And, you know, it has worked out for me pretty good. And so when you think about that, when you think about what we're talking about is, is relationships, right? When you build that connection with people, you build that, that people that know, like, and trust you that are going to follow you through the, the valley of death, if you will, through right. those 2007s and 2008s. One of the things I think about is, the communication process. Talk to us about how we can become better listeners, because I know so many times we're thinking in our brain, oh, I have to tell them this. I have to get this point across to them. This we're not actively listening to people. What are some things that you've experienced as a leader that perhaps have helped shaped you to become a better, more active listener and being able to really understand and have empathy and sympathize with some of the people that maybe you disagree with, right? Somebody's come to you and they're saying, MG, you know, this is what's going on. And your immediate reaction is to sit there and say, no, 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 you have it all wrong. What are some ways we could sit there and like hit that pause? button we're talking about and be better listeners and be better responders to those situations to find that win-win solution as opposed to i have to prove that i'm right and you're wrong you know and 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 leadership is really i i don't look at it as a i have to prove you wrong or to prove that i'm right it's really trying to identify really the overall again back to the mission are we going to accomplish what we're trying to accomplish if we're not then you have to have those honest discussions but to me, leadership is not like, hey, yay, I got you because, you know, you see, you were wrong and, and I was right. So just open communication really is, is, a, is a huge thing. And most of leadership, really, communication is a huge deal. So one of the things that, uh, you know, Chris and I are talking about is heart-centric versus egocentric leadership. And when I hear you talk, I hear the definition of heart-centric and I right. see so many professors, I see so many C-level employees, so many business owners who come from a space of ego because we were taught that, you know, right. you're in, you're in your MBA program. They're saying you're smart. You're this, you should make this much money. And so our eyes are on the prize for something that's very egocentric, but what I'm hearing from you, and I want to listen to a little more of your perspective on this. What can we do to become more heart centric employees who are listening well, or deeply connecting with others? Because I feel like, and this is my take, I think once the world becomes more heart centric and employee centric, that the employees are driving the organization and leaders right. are leading it. Once we get to that space, I think we're going to be a more healed world. What else can we do to do that? Collectively? It, it goes, it, it, you know, it really always connects back to the same thing that I say. What if it, the person that is working for you with your daughter or your son, mm-hmm. how would you treat them? And how would you like for someone to treat your family this way? Would you be okay if somebody was this kind of a person with with your family? And when you look at it that way, though, it really just kind of brings you back to being a human. So so I agree with that. I know Chris agrees with that too. But but here's here's the issue with that in society right now. And this is I'm I'm gonna play devil's advocate on this one. You ready? 
Go for that it. That would never be my daughter because you heard the things they believe, and that's stupid. And somebody who believes that has to be a total idiot. And I'm just playing devil's advocate because you know we we're seeing people want to create a divide right now. And when I say people, that starts with the systems in place that don't want to fall. So whether it's media, education, um, whatever it is, these systems that don't want to fall are getting voices to speak very loudly and create the divide. What can we do as individuals to challenge that and start breaking it down? Because I'm visualizing as a leader, even in my classroom, one student will hear somebody say, well, that's stupid. If you follow that person, you're a fool. Okay, well, you just started zero conversation. And what you're saying is their experiences mean nothing. I don't disagree that that person they're following as a leader might be a fool, but let's not call them a fool. So right. what do we do? to really start to say any one of these people could be my daughter or my son, even if their experiences are different and I don't fully understand them in this moment. It's a good one. I mean, that's, that's, that's a tough, you know, it's a, it's a tough message to be, to be delivered. And, 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 and sometimes we find ourselves trying, it almost feels like we're trying to convince people, right? Mm -hmm. as, as to what we're doing. And, and that's a very tough situation because, you know, I, I have been leading the way that I'm leading for, many, many years now from the compassionate side. And, you know, for the most part, you're going to have a lot of success every now and then. Sometimes somebody will disappoint you because you're leading in a compassionate way. Sure. But to me, it has, has worked and I just continue to, to, to lead that way. And for the people that say, well, you know, I don't believe in your leadership style. Well, hey, you know, what can I say? Works for me. Might not work for everybody. Exactly. And, and along those lines, when you think about that, I think about all of us, the three of us here being heart centered leadership, you know, having faith and, and belief in people, you know, when do you cut bait? When I mean, when you're sitting there dealing with somebody who's on your team, who is not carrying their weight or they're not being, you know, a team player with other people, but yet they've got the intellectual smarts that you might need for your team. When do you decide for that person that they're no longer, they don't, they should no longer be a part of the team? Sure. And, and that's, and that's an easy, easy thing for to, to, to identify and, and really comes down to, you know when people are trying, you, you will clearly know when people are trying to take advantage of your generosity. And, and there will be clear signs where, you know, they they are the recipients, but they are not wanting to put any efforts on what you are, the, the, the positions that you have for them to, to be effective at, at work. And it comes a time where you're like, okay, this is clearly now has been taking advantage of my generosity. And Fortunately, that's very few and far between. That's a good, that's a, that's a good answer. And also an, a, a difficult to process answer for me. Cause I'm a, a brain. Chris knows this about me. I'm a very high empath. So mm -hmm. my empathy level. So I'll give you an example and you can laugh at me and I'm, I don't mind being the brain of the joke in this. So I've got friends who are in C level roles. And so our brains think similar, but when I run my own company, they're very black and white. So I'll be like, Okay, this person did this, they get fired. Here's me when I was running my cell phone stores years ago. I had a few different cell phone stores. I come in and there's a bunch of kids drinking beers. And then I right away go, Oh, you guys can't drink in the job. What are you doing? They're like, first, you know, I'm like, you know, this is where you fire somebody. And I'm like, Well, have I ever done anything wrong? And so I'd always justify everything and I'd let people get away from mur with murder. So Talk about that, too, because there's a lot of leaders who, even though you said that eloquently, I'm hearing you say that, but all the person has to say back to me is, oh, well, I was struggling or I know I made a mistake. Can I please stay? And I'm like, 
Well, that that is exactly when you have to be, that's when you have to show the strong side of leadership because you have bigger problem if you don't. Because if you enable that to happen, then you're going to have the rest of the employees go like, okay, well, he got away with it. So we can get away with it. So that's when you really have to be like, hey, I'm kind, I'm generous, but there are certain lines that do not get crossed and you cross the line and we have to part ways. And because, you know, we all make mistakes. Sometimes we get breaks and next thing you know, well, somebody else is doing the same thing. Well, you let so-and-so do it, so why I can't do it? So that's when you have to set the, the, the hard line and just act upon those things. Because, you know, if you don't, then you're going to have a bigger problem. Yeah, mm. I think there's a lot of truth to that. And I think setting some rules and creating boundaries and, and all of those things is very important. And, you know, when you know your strengths and your weaknesses, I know my strengths are creating great organizations and creating cultures and my weaknesses enforcing the rules. So that's why I would have uh, somebody else next to me to take care of that because I yeah, know it, it's, I know. it's it's hard. You know, I obviously, you know, over the years I have hired thousands of people and, and today not so much. I, I don't deal with the um, with the frontline employees too much. But, you know, sometimes you have to have those hard conversations and you have to end relationships. And but that's part of being, you know, a leader. But you make those decisions based on some very somebody really crossing the line. Because you cannot be, because if you allow it to happen, then you're going to be a weak leader. Mm. So, so when you think about leadership in, in today's world, there's a lot of people who are vying for leadership in the political space, in the business space. Who are some of the people that, aside from Fred Smith, that you see are visionaries and who are potential leaders for the world tomorrow? Is it Elon Musk? Is it Zuckerberg? Who are some of the people that you're seeing that you really that you feel could be the leader of the next generation to bring this world together and more collaborative and more loving as opposed to more divisive and more um, chaotic? You know, when you mentioned those two gentlemen, obviously they're very powerful, they're very successful, but also they create a lot of division with the way they they live. So I don't think, you know, sure, I would not mind to have Elon Musk money. You know, that, that would be nice. But, you know, my, my way of leader, leadership is, again, just continue to trying to, to, to have a, uh, a united, uh, company, you know, trying to to have the people reach their goal, reach the dreams, and go from the more from the compassionate side. You're gonna get a lot of compassionate out of me than the hard leadership of just you know. And like I said, that works for me. Might not work for everybody else. So, do so, you have do you have do you have people in mind that you think about like that person would be a great future leader yeah. of this of this of this country or of of something? Because I know that when people mention Elon Musk, I mean that's a that's a dangerous situation given the a fact lot of people, people love him. him. A lot of right. my people love him. A lot of he's got a lot of money, but also they're now I don't listen to the news or follow politics much. But there's you know talk about his 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 uh, his well being, his emotional well being. Are there people out there you see like, man, that person really can make a difference in this world today? Like Mark Cuban, if he ran for president, or or like Matthew McConaughey or something like that. Sure. Is there somebody you see that really that has those components to bring us together? I don't have anyone that I'm particularly following right now that I you know that I will. I can name, but you know, the, the one person that I had been with from the beginning is pretty much the, you know, Mr. Fred Smith with FedEx. Gotcha. So I'm actually, I'm kind of glad that you said that and you didn't have an exact person because neither do I. And, and what I've noticed is I used to seek those people. 
So I'd find somebody, I'd look at like what Jack Welch did with GE. And I didn't like the way he dealt with people, but I'm like, well, I like what you did here business-wise. And then I'd look at Leah Koch and I'm like, I like what you did here. So I'd have a framework of I like something and it allowed me to start thinking, but right. I'm not seeing a lot of that with the wealthy no, people. No, I'm and, going, and, I don't know what I like about you. <laughs> right, and if you look up, if you look up uh, uh, Mr. Fred Smith, he's very neutral. He's not, mm -hmm. you know, up and down with, 50% of the people, he's very much a, a visionary. And I, I, I love his, uh, I love his vision. So, so if I were to answer this question, I'd give you a person that you probably don't know. And I'm going to talk about, I want to talk a little about it and then talk about what we can do to become those people. Cause Chris and I talk all the time and he said it the other day, like, you know, who's the superhero become your superhero. We're all looking for who's going to save the planet. Why right. don't we just start looking in the mirror? Yeah. Why don't we start looking in the mirror? And I'm going to tell you, there's been one, C CEO, who's a friend of mine, I, I was very fortunate enough to get a scholarship in graduate school, the Texas Business Hall of Fame scholarship. And uh, one of the people who was supporting me in getting that scholarship was Charlie Amato. And he owns 17% of the San Antonio Spurs, I think. And he's the CEO of Southwest Business Communications um, by Business Corporation. Super amazing human being, mm -hmm. uh, just incredible guy. And he's very employee centric. And so when I listen to Mitzi Purdue talk about her dad and I think of how Charlie, you know, works with his people, he always knows their birthday, he connects with them very much like you. He knows when to say, hey, you're 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 no longer doing what you promised to do here. This right. isn't fit for you anymore, but he's there for you and he will empower you and won't micromanage you. I'm seeing less and less of the Charlies in the world and I'm seeing more and more of I'm not even going to reference other people's names, but you know who I'm talking about. So what suggestion as we're looking at our youth because, you know, I'm teaching college business students. What suggestions and we can tell can we tell them what can they do to become the leaders that we want to look at and go that guy, that girl, they're going to take us there. How do we become that? Because it's we're our own heroes, period. Yeah. The world's changing. The systems are breaking down. What do we need to do? I mean, we, we just need to be passionate about the, the, the vision that we are leading. If we're passionate about that, we're going to be able to effectively get the people to be equally passionate with us. Yes. I like the simplicity of that. And how do we incorporate the empathy piece, but still have that black and whiteness that, hey, we got procedures, we got policy, but simultaneously you're a human being. I'm a human being. I love you. I want to support you. How do we have that balance, too? Because I'm, just, I'm just, struggling there. Just be blunt. Just be very be honest. All right. I like it. <laughs> just, 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 there, there is no sugar coated. Just be blunt. Yeah, and, I and love your style. Too easy, making it too easy. Yeah, <laughs> I love I your mean, style. Straight people, up, people, people love that. Yeah, it's true. I mean, that's. I mean, that's what. At the end of the day, I mean, once you're just you're real, honest, you're vulnerable, and you're a part of the solution, not part of the problem. It's pretty incredible what we can do and what network we can create within ourselves to each of us be that little component of leadership in our community. Lead a little bit of component of leadership in our family. A little right. bit of component of leadership in our in our in our work in our community and whatnot. Man, this has been an amazing conversation. I know a lot of people have gotten value out of this. Where can people get a hold of you to continue the conversation to help support this? If they've got, if they're part of United, if they want to donate miles, where can people uh, continue this conversation with you? Know, you know, my, my uh, main uh, social media platform is Facebook, MG Global Support Foundation. And that's where we basically promote all of the humanitarian efforts that we're doing for the Ukrainian people. And we not only do Ukrainians, but we also do a lot of local, you know, helping people in need and animal shelters and so forth. So we just, uh, you know, we are, we, we try to support as many, as many as we can. I love it. 
That's beautiful. That is beautiful. Brother, appreciate you for being here on the show and, and whatever we could do to help support, please keep in touch with us. I know you're in touch with Scott. You know, if there's a message that we can get out here using our vehicle here uh, on the unfiltered experience, we're happy to do that. We're happy to use our social media because we believe in support and you and what you're doing. And just thank you for being on the forefront of being a part of the solution and using you your know, heart. And, and, and on the humanitarian effort, I, I, I like to leave it with this. I always tell people don't ever let the magnitude of the crisis prevent you from getting involved because a lot of times we just assume that somebody else will take care of it yes. and actually that somebody else oftentimes is you be your yeah. own hero i'm with yeah. you brother awesome mg we're going to put you backstage here for a second scott and i are going to close out the show don't go anywhere because we still want to chat with you after the show but thank you again right. for being here and sharing your wisdom in your heart with us all right thank you that appreciate you Thank you, Scott, for introducing us. I mean, wow, what a powerful individual. I mean, I mean, just a straight shooter, just like you and I, uh, operating from a heart-centered kind of solution. What can I do? I mean, bringing his story, bringing himself here to this country at 14 years old and being able to sit there and say, okay, what can I do for myself? What can I do not only for myself, but what can I do for my community and make a difference in this world? I mean, I think it's an absolutely powerful conversation. I see him growing in the ranks and being one of those visionary leaders that can potentially make a difference in, in, in our world. 100%. And you know, what's beautiful too, is everything that he referenced that I heard was, you know, he's talking about, you know, being in the middle. And so many of us, and we, we talk about this all the time. My big, you know, uh, metaphor is you got to get into the river of life. We're in a time right now, there's a lot of rapids. Some people want to get on the rocks and argue with each other. MG is the river. Yes, he's he staying is. in the middle. He's referencing people that he respects that are staying in the middle, staying in the flow. And it's not whether who's right or wrong. You heard him. He's like, I don't care who's right or wrong. He's like, I'm in the river and I'm trying to get to the ocean and let's do that together. And that's the empowering. That's not the micromanaging. And at some point in our lives, we got to get in the river, find what lights us up, connect with one another, share our brilliance. And I think it's happening. People like MG are going to make sure it does with their form of leadership. Mm. Beautifully said, beautifully said. And I, I love the fact that, you know, when we think about the aspect of leadership, when we think about what we can do, I love that you, you talked about it before the mirror, like each one of us every single day when we wake up in the morning can go to that mirror and ask ourselves, who am I going to be today? Yep. Who am I going to show up to be today? What can I do to lead my family a little bit differently? What can I do to lead my team? What can I do to lead myself a little bit better to be a part of that solution and not be a part of the problem? Like he said, don't just stand by and wait for other people to go do that in your life. What is one thing that you can tackle today that my, by which doing so will make you a little bit happier, will make you a little bit more grateful for what it is that you're doing and go out there and change the world for yourself. So uh, we appreciate you guys being here on the unfiltered experience. Any final words, Mr. Scott, before we sign off? I love you guys and go out and be the best leader you can be based on sharing your brilliance because the world needs you. You are your hero and you're my hero. Love you guys. Yes, yes, yes. And as a final parting thought, make sure you take us with you wherever you guys go. Go to the unfilteredexperience.com. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get podcasts. Take the podcast with you. And not only that, do us a solid. If you got value out of this conversation and we know you do and you did, please share this out with your social media community. And, and not only just share it out, say, hey, by the way, here are a couple of nuggets that I learned on this particular episode, whether it was this episode or another episode. And by the way, be sure to go back and check out the Mitzi Purdue episode um, because we referenced that a few times here as well. What an amazing soul. We will continue to come back here every single week and bring you the value and bring you the content. But we also want you guys to become a part of the Facebook community and let us know what you want. Let us know what are the topics that and the people in your life that are making a difference in the world today so we can highlight those individuals. So 
So together and collectively, we can make a difference in this world every single day. Because when you have that vision and when you set that intention, it's pretty amazing what you can attract in your life. And I think Scott and I are both examples of that. And that's what we do every single week here and bringing that to you. So we love and appreciate you guys. We'll see you here next time on the Unfiltered Experience. Go out there and be beautiful. See you next time.